Plot twists. Candy candy floss. Movie tickets. I'm not already good at this. Story arcs. Plot twists. I said plot. Uh, oh. The plot thickens. Oh, Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Thrillers, serial killers, sharks, good guys, bad guys, dinosaurs, great white sharks, greater white sharks, fast cars, directors, fast women, comedies, dramas, sci-fi, rom-coms, robots, sequels, prequels, VHS, Blu-ray. That's enough, isn't it? That's all right, yeah. I'm James. I'm Maxie. And this is Popcorn. Hello and welcome to another episode of Popcorn, where we watch B-grade films with the hope that they're so bad that they're good. I'm Maxie, and with me in our Sydney studios is James. How are you going? Not too bad, thanks. And yourself? Uh, good. I'm uh, slowly, ever so slowly recovering from watching Turkey Shoot last week. And I'm sure it's been a point of discussion in your workplace with all of your colleagues. Uh, you know what? I start talking about B-grade films, and I think I got their attention for about two seconds. So no converts to, um, to Turkey Shoot? Sadly, no, but our plight is, uh, is ongoing. Mm. Well, this week we're going to talk about a new film. Um, in this week's episode, we'll be discussing The Hottie versus The Noddy and see whether it lives up to the best of what B-grade films have to offer. A formulaic storyline with inconsistencies, poor production quality, lesser known or a has-been cast with questionable acting abilities, a low budget and, of course, laughable quotes. First, we will discuss the cast and the plot. A little bit later, we'll play searchimdb.com to see how highly the film features using the popular film and television website. And then last but not least, we will each score the film out of a maximum five kernels. So James, would you like to kick it off by talking us through the cast and the plot? Sure thing. So Wikipedia says this about The Hottie and The Naughty. Uh, it's a 2008 American romantic comedy film starring Paris Hilton, Joel David Moore and Christine Lakin, uh, written by Heidi Ferrer and directed by Tom Putnam. The film began shooting in January 2007 and was released theatrically on February 8, 2008. Uh, the film was a critical failure and box office bomb uh, and has been called one of the worst films of all time. Paris Hilton won the Golden Raspberry Award for the Worst Actress, which is one of three Razzies that she received that year. I wonder whether she turned up in person to collect them. Is there glory with winning a Razzie? I do recall that um, in years past, I think it was for Catwoman, uh, Halle Berry did in fact turn up in person to collect her Razzie Award. Hmm. So... Quite a good, um, a good. Because you'd expect Paris Hilton, because she's not uh, as I don't know. Halle Berry has other things to fall back on. That's she's right. had more more wins than losses, perhaps. But Paris Hilton, you'd expect she she would probably turn up. Oh, I would think that perhaps she'd take it a little bit more personally. In that Halle Berry, having having done you know such fantastic films like Monsters Ball, has a little bit more to hang her her hat on than does Paris Hilton. That uh, I guess what I'm saying is. For Paris Hilton, no publicity is bad publicity. And so if she's winning an award for doing something bad, she will she will have already been halfway to the stage before they mentioned that she's won. That's right. Speaking of Paris Hilton, let's go through uh, who was in this film. Mm. Uh, the movie stars Paris Hilton, who was famous for House of Wax, uh, Zoolander, The Simple Life, and One Night in Paris. Uh, Joel David Moore starred as Nate Cooper, who starred in Avatar, Dodgeball, uh, and a string of smaller productions. So he's actually been doing... He's, he's been quite busy. Uh, Christine Lakin starred as June Fig, who has productions like Family Guy, uh, games like Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Medal of Honor, and uh, one of your favourites, uh, Melissa and Joey. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the handsome Johan Erb uh, played Johan Warwick. 
uh, and it starred in previous productions like Californication, Family Guy, and Resident Evil. Uh, but it also starred uh, Adam Kulbersh, the Greg Wilson. His, his name actually is the Greg Wilson. I don't understand either. <laughs> With 105 user reviews on IMDb, this film was at one stage the number one on IMDb's bottom 100 films. Mm-hmm. Uh, IGN gave it zero stars. Rolling Stone gave it half a star. The Village Voice called it a crass, shrill, disingenuous, tawdry, mean-spirited, vulgar, idiotic, boring, slapdash, half-assed, and very, very unfunny. Mm. Uh, I read a few reviews on IMDb as well. Tell me. Uh, Cathorium uh, said... I watched this and really tried to keep an open mind and still hated it. Mm. Private Bits from the UK said, I no longer fear hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, and finally, Jart DM said, Dear God, may the person who created this aberration burn in hell. <laughs> so I think that ruffled some feathers. <laughs> it did, indeed. <laughs> I didn't hate it to the same extent that those people did, but there were some real problems with this film. <laughs> so should we go through the plot? Uh, ever so briefly yeah shall we uh, so it's a it's a fella it's like five years after I guess high school's finished uh, so he's what mid twenties maybe mm-hmm. uh, he uh, lives on the east coast of America mm-hmm. uh, he's uh, not so lucky in love mm-hmm. and decides to track down his um, his junior school crush yeah, that's right. maybe they were five or six years old so the, the first girl he ever had a crush on that's right so he manages to uh, drive his uh, boxy old car to California where he thinks that she is. That's right. Uh, finds her, tracks her down, stalks her, um, creates a big uh, sort of backstory as to what he's been doing with his life. And that's right. And this, of course, his, his, his love from junior high school is Christabel Abbott, played by Paris Hilton. Mm. So Paris does play the, the chief female protagonist in the film um, with Nate Cooper, played by Joel David Moore, as our um, unlucky in love uh, would-be Prince Charming. Um, and so he, he wants to ask her out on a date, but there's a little bit of a catch and that she has an ugly friend. That's right. The naughty. That's correct. So Paris Hilton's character says to Nate um, that uh, they can't date until the naughty um, manages to get a date as well. That's right. So he goes and spends... Um, $2,000? to no. What does he do? He goes and spends $500, I think, in order to get a guy to go to join them on a double date. That's right, yes. He does. He posts an advertisement to get a, a, a hapless would-be suitor for uh, our, our naughty. Now, he looks about 45. The suitor? Yeah. Played by Adam Kubosh? Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's about 20 years difference. I thought that was a little bit strange, but uh, no one in the film seemed to have a problem with that. Perhaps there, because there were larger problems to worry about in the film. <laughs> but uh, so our, um, our suitor um, goes on a date with, um, well, they go on a foursome. Mm. Mm. They wind up at the, uh, at the pier, mm-hmm. uh, similar to the one that we uh, mentioned in Birdemic 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens there? The uh, through through some strange uh, subplot of hypnosis, the suitor that is um, employed to be there on the day decides to run away. A mime midget makes fun of the girl's looks, the ugly girl's looks. That's when the handsome Johan comes in and knocks out the midget. That's correct. And uh, they go out for a lovely lunch. That's correct. So our original suitor has taken off with the hypnosis having worn off and he realises that the naughty is in fact not a hottie. He's replaced now by Johan, who is captivated by the naughty because, of course, he is some superstar dentist who um, can fix everything about her, starting with her teeth and then um, whatever else ails her. 
And I feel like Nate is very much threatened by this Johan guy. Very much so. And he's threatened for very good reason. Nate has done nothing with his life. Yeah. Uh, I guess his, his, his one thing is that he can play guitar, but he's not the best at guitar. That's correct. Um, he hasn't really achieved anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Johan guy seems to be about the same age. He's, Former Marine. Yeah, he's a dentist. Has a beautiful house on the beach. Um, he's a poster boy for an abs mag. That's correct. Um, and, of course, he can play guitar much better than Nate. That's right. So we, I think, are thrown into the side of Nate. I think the script writing is asking us to be on his side, but I think watching it, we were like... Nothing about watching the story play out from his side makes me like him. That's right. I think, I think he's a rather confused, distasteful character. As you write, as you've said, he, doesn't, he hasn't done anything with his life. The film started with him being kicked out of his house by his girlfriend. He spent the first part, part of the film chasing down Paris Hilton to try to trick her to fall in love with him. If he had spent half as much of that energy on applying himself to perhaps <laughs> finding a job, That's maybe right. going back to school and getting an education, he might have become quite an attractive character. He might have found something more important than um, tracking down someone he knew when he was five. That's correct. So what happens then? Um, <laughs> so the dentist, Johan, starts dating the naughty, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, at a Halloween party, which we're sort of um, blindsided by because it wasn't mentioned in the script until suddenly there's a party. That's right. Um, uh, Nate is about to finally hook up with uh, Paris Hilton, um, and then she plays a trick in him where she gets drunk and pours wine on herself and then starts talking about having babies or something. Because she comes to the party dressed in a bride's outfit mm. um, and is trying to test him to see whether he is in fact committed to the relationship. Very confusing. Very uh, very obscure trick, uh, which but, Nate seems to fall for. Yes. But then throughout the film, he's realised that because now that the naughty has been turned into this beautiful... Um, black swan he's fallen in love with her and he confesses as much to Paris Hilton and she says you must go and follow your heart but then go he, after her but then he goes downstairs and he sees Johan and this is about three weeks later and Johan says now she's finally going to get lucky that's correct or something like that look that was confusing that somehow um, Johan saying to him that tonight's the night that I'm going to reward the the naughty after her now becoming beautiful that this somehow awakens the chivalrous side within but this 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 unwakens this knight in shining armor inside nate who realizes no that in fact she deserves much better than johan she deserves to be with him and so he confesses as much to paris she says you must go and, and and be with her he chases down he goes to johan's beautiful house on the beach um, and by which time the Naughty has gone through her own series of revelations and realised that she doesn't want to be with Johan and she's run off to the pier, which after knocking on Johan's door, Johan saying, saying so to uh, Nate, he runs off to the pier and they have their final meeting where they hug and they kiss. And that's where the credits roll, I think. Thank God they did. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have sat through another minute? Not at all, not at all. <laughs> so James, did the story make any sense to you? Uh, you know, from start to finish, I guess none of it's impossible, apart from the whole um, hypnosis thing. Uh, but there are many parts... Surely of... hypnosis is possible. Oh, yeah? So what were they saying? They, uh, they managed to, like, wave a pendulum watch? A pocket yeah, watch in front maybe, of this... maybe the way they did it was a little bit fanciful. Yeah. So who knows how effective hypnosis could be in circumstances? I'm sure they can't make you 
uh, perceive someone as an entirely different person like they do on TV shows but I guess that's Hollywood and that's what they have to go off I've seen them make people on TV forget the number seven, which is quite funny when they ask, what's the code name for James Bond? Right, what did they say? Double O, double O. And they obviously are trying to go through their mind for the number which no longer they're able to recall. Oh, it's got to be acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from, the, um, apart from the question of hypnosis, you think the rest of the film is rather plausible? Look, not really. Uh, in the first scene, we're treated to a car accident where... Um, uh, Nate's ex-girlfriend uh, runs him over. That's a car purpose, not a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was another strange part uh, where Nate goes to California and there's a guy there that lives with his mum and his mum has an entire uh, dossier, like a, like a the size of like the yellow pages, like A, a to K and Delta Z. That's and right. Drops it on the table. So not only does Nate have a fascination and his friend has a fascination, but his friend's mother has some strange fascination An too. obscure, creepy fascination. That's correct, yeah. She's put together this scrapbook, as you say, a dossier, which I, in fact, think could, she, could be submitted by the prosecution <laughs> as an Exhibit A in yeah, the right. court case against that family. <laughs> Another thing that came to me that I thought was a little bit odd was that Nate has um, upsticks from one side of the country to the other side. He spent $500 bribing somebody to go on a date with the hottie he spent another $2,000 on a fake gift voucher for a spa visit for both the hottie and the naughty to go to. So that is both uh, the Ugly Duckling and Paris Hilton. Uh, I don't quite know where he's getting this money from. No, because I don't think he had a job. No. He's... And if he did, then he didn't call up to say, I can't come in. No. I'm gone stalking. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's all right, Nate. Just... Um, you know, fill in the stalking box on your uh, <laughs> on your leave request. I think Gone Stalking could be a good uh, sequel for um, for Nate's friend's mum. That's right. Yeah, a spin-off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> another another thing that crossed my mind was that this is two thousand and eight, and uh, he knows nothing about this woman. I don't remember how he knew that she lived in California. Um, but Facebook was around at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no Facebook. Um, stalking. There was like no one had a mobile phone. No, there was real was stalking. Yeah, he was committed to the real stalking. <laughs> he's gone offline. That's right. <laughs> he didn't want to leave a digital footprint. That's exactly right. He wanted right. to leave real footprints outside her bedroom window. Maybe he was an expert in that kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. Well, in fact, um, this is another example of why I feel like uh, Paris Hilton really took over the script and made it all about her. The character that she plays has real stalkers who she talks to in the film. That's right. She's running along the beach. She enables them. (laughs) Sadly, she does. Um, That's not even a joke. She was running along the beach and she had about five stalkers either side waiting for her at a particular point. The stalkers were friends with each other. That's right. And they were throwing marriage proposals at her. Um, The only reason she stopped is because Nate chased her down and rugby tackled her. That's correct. And then (laughs) next scene, he and her are having breakfast on the beach Outside the restaurant is one of her stalkers, and she says to him... Oh, that's just my stalker, Randy. Randall, that better be 40 feet away. Um, So the main thing that really surprised me about the film was that it was produced by a woman, Heidi Ferrer. And I really do feel that the film was sending the wrong messages to to women, to girls. That's right. Um, The Noddy uh, was able to be subjected to a couple of visits to the dentist, Johan, of course... Uh, she had her hair done, she had her um, toenails done, and within no time she turned from a noddy into a hottie herself. That's more of a comment than a question that I felt that um, 
a girl watching this film might be subjected to some confusing messaging that every girl is really, regardless of how attractive or unattractive you are, you're just an ugly duckling waiting to be turned into a black swan. I think that at any point in your life when Paris Hilton is your mentor, you need to relook at every decision you've ever made. <laughs> I have to agree with you. So Paris Hilton has a reputation for being famous for being famous. Do you think this film in 2008 has showed us a different side of her and has she gone on to do bigger and better things since? I don't know what she's done after this. No, nor do I. I guess she's been replaced by the Kardashians in terms of... Uh, being famous for being famous. That's right. You stalked me. It's not like I have trouble getting dates. Well, this would not be a big, great film if it didn't have some laughable quotes. And I noted a couple. Would you like me to read them out for you now? I've been waiting. Okay. I'll set the scene. Um, Paris Hilton with her friend are at the cafe down at the pier and a man comes up and touches Paris Hilton on the shoulders and remarks, those are shoulder blades? I thought they were wings. In another scene, Paris Hilton is regaling us with all of her wisdom and she says, 95% of the way others see you is how you see yourself. She also says, some people think our bodies are like earth suits that carry your soul until you pass on from this planet to the next dimension. I think I tuned out. Now, I've got to be honest, I don't recall who said this, but it's fantastic. Knowing what you are is also knowing what you are not. I remember that, and that was The Ugly Duckling, Mm -hmm. um, and it was when she was upset. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember exactly when she said it. Okay. Now, I know that we've been referring to her as the ugly duckling throughout this entire podcast. Mm -hmm. I'd just like to let our listeners know that that's not how we view women. No. They're all beautiful. Yeah. Inside and out. Most likely. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're at that time again, which I like to call searchimdb.com, where I will type in the title gradually into the search engine of imdb.com and determine just, in fact, how popular this film actually is. And along the way, you'll explain what's coming up instead. Yeah, that's right. So here we go. I'm typing in the... And we get the Magnificent Seven. Oh. Typing in the... H-O. And up comes The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Mm. I get to the hot, and here we are. We've got the hot chick, a oh, yeah. wonderful film from 2002 starring none other than Rob Schneider. And here we go. I get up to the hot with a double T, and I get the hottie and the noddy. Oh, so that was uh, um, five letters deep. That's correct. Six. Six. That was six letters deep. Seven. So that was seven letters deep. <laughs> <laughs> Three plus a space plus four. Okay. Makes seven. So there we go. The hottie versus the noddy. Let's uh, award it a a score out of five Kernel, shall we? The thing that keeps coming back to me when we do this uh, part of the the show is is that that wonderful film that we profiled not too long ago. Lost in the Pacific. Lost in the Pacific. Oh, Brandon Ruth, where are you now? (laughs) I wish you were here to save us from ourselves. Um, I really do feel that I um, didn't do that film justice. So with that in mind, I can only in good conscience give the hottie and the knotty one and a half kernels out of five. Okay. I'll give it one kernel out of five. Okay. What do you think for you earned that extra half kernel? Well, I, I, not anything in the film, but I'm just giving Paris Hilton the benefit of the doubt that Out There is a film that we are yet to watch that has to be far worse than this. <laughs> I'm just giving myself some breathing space. All right. Our unpaid intern is Archie. I've been Maxie. I'm James. And you've been listening to Popcorn. Popcorn. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you in our next episode where we'll profile the Atlantic Rim.